All right. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Sacktown Talks. Today, we have a special guest joining us, Roxana Janka, joining us from the Good For You Coalition. Roxana, how's it going? Thanks for joining the program. Thanks for having us. I'm honored to be in such great company. So thank you. We're excited to talk about our coalition. Great. Flattery will get you everywhere on this campaign. You know, it's funny, <laughs> in, in prepping for this uh, you know, podcast, I did a little Google of Good For You. And, you know, it's a hit song. And I, I remember that, you know, that song a couple of years ago. Um, so, you know, a, a good way to stick in our memory, you know, with a, with a good solid name. Can you kind of tell us a little bit, I guess, about, about your campaign and, and, and uh, kind of what your goals are? Yes. Well, Olivia Rodrigo aside, uh, the Good For You campaign is, um, it, it started after the pandemic or during the pandemic when we were seeing how students were struggling and it was really, uh, schools were having a really hard time keeping kids engaged and um, we are parents, advocates, education advocates, educators, and um, like-minded organizations that serve predominantly vulnerable students. So we have ideas about how to keep students, all students, engaged in their education. And those are, I'll just tell you quickly, the three ideas are um, that we ensure equal access, equity, um, for everyone to have equal access to a quality education. Uh, personalized learning with trauma-informed practices mm -hmm. and ensuring job and life skills are part of that education process. And um, so understanding what we know about the best way to keep kids engaged, we were also interested in what parents thought. So we did a statewide poll at the end of the school year last year in April of 21 and found that parents overwhelmingly wanted, demanded, and support these ideas, these concepts being a part of education. And um, the name Good For You came from the idea that, I think is obvious, maybe it's not obvious to everyone, but education is not an industry that's confined to itself. It touches all parts of our lives. So when a student receives a quality education, that means better housing values, homelessness rates, you know, mental health rates, economic, you know, job skills, all these things that um, have exponential great benefits. So, Ensuring all students have access is good for you, good for me, good for it's good for us all. So that's where right. our campaign name came from. And um, actually, Olivia Rodrigo had nothing to do with the campaign, but Prince might have had a little bit to do with it with our efficient use of the number four and the letter U, good number four U.com. Right. Inspiration. Kind of, I guess, you know, besides yourself, I guess who else is, is involved and kind of how did you guys get started? So, uh, like I said, it was the pandemic that highlighted um, how the, the need was great. And um, we are parents, we're educators, um, we work in charter and public school, you know, district public schools. So it's really across the board. And, um, you know, I want to tell you a little bit more about the, the polling. We did a phone survey, which is very credible in like this poll industry in the polling world. And we surveyed 800 parents who are um, parents of high school age children who are also voters. And we oversampled for African-American parents. And um, pollsters generally look for a 65% number. That's the magic number that tells you whether you have clear support or disapproval for an idea. And these numbers were in the 80 and 90%. Uh, so it was, it was very high. And we weren't asking questions like, do you agree that puppies are cute? You know, that 100% of right. people would agree with. I mean, we asked questions and then we challenged those questions um, with 
whatever, uh, you know, opposing ideas. And it's still, they stood up in the 80s and 90s. So we were really impressed with that. Um, and, you know, the other thing that's pretty clear is um, when you can get, I don't know how often this is possible, but nine out of 10 to people, nine out of 10 people to agree on anything that is dramatic. Right. And this is across party lines, across economic household income regions in California. So uh, it's the support is widespread, which is why we were so happy to come on SAC Town Talks, because I think the folks in Sacramento would find this really compelling um, because this is, a, you know, this is a, an important issue. It's something that we care about on both sides of the aisle mm -hmm. and the high and noble need to better serve our students is something that we can all agree on. Right. And so I guess, you know, you guys have formed this, you, you've gotten the data now. So kind of what do you guys hope to achieve with all this now? Our goal is to first raise awareness about the idea of personalized learning and how we can integrate it into all classrooms, classrooms of 30, 35 kids as well, and help people, uh, parents and, and the public understand that the opportunity there. And ultimately the goal is to help solve this dropout problem. A 90% graduation rate is a success, uh, absolutely. And, but what about the 10% who didn't succeed? We're really concerned with that population of student because we know that uh, you know, dropping out of school is a vicious cycle and it leads to a life of struggles. Children of dropouts are more likely to drop out. Um, they're more likely to live in poverty, be incarcerated, less likely to vote, volunteer, contribute to the neighborhood, the community and society. So the value of recovering students who might be disengaged or fallen off and, and re-inject, you know, motivation and priority into their education for them and, and turn their lives around is, is our ultimate goal. Yeah. You know, you know, 10% dropout rate, you know, it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you put it in numbers, that's, you know, a lot of students per year, kind of what are, mm -hmm. what are some of the solutions to some of the things that, you know, you just talked about to kind of help, you know, keep those kids in school. So it's three ideas. One is equity, ensuring equity, which is equal access. Equity means removing the barriers that any individual faces so they can have equal opportunity to access something like a quality education. So in California in particular, we had 1.5 million students who didn't have a laptop or hotspot or right. access to Wi-Fi during the pandemic. So how in the, in the world could they have been successful in their learning? I mean, they, they dropped off completely. So making sure that all students have that access, that's an important first key in, in equity. The second idea is personalized learning with trauma-informed care. So every student, regardless of their level of need or challenge or talent, will, will do better when the, when the learning is and the instruction is tailored to their individual, to that individual person. And the, the idea of trauma-informed care is that trauma is not necessarily something that is an abrupt event, like a car crash or something. It can be just uncertainty, not knowing if the electricity is going to be on when you wake up or not being entirely clear uh, what room you're gonna be sleeping in tonight mm -hmm. or whether there's gonna be a meal. These, um, these kinds of disruptions and uncertainty can lead to traumatic experiences in children and um, they show up as behavioral issues in many cases. 
And so understanding that and having that lens for schools and educators to treat those symptoms of trauma as opportunities to teach life skills is really important. Um, and that leads to our third point, which is including jobs, job skills and life skills in the education experience. So whether students, all students should learn professional soft skills, like knowing how to interview well, answer the phone well. These are things that we heard from local businesses uh, that they really want. They need a skilled workforce to draw from so that the entry level people can have these basic skills and um, they can start to teach them the, the business and not just how to act in a professional environment. So that's the minimum. But then there's opportunity where students can receive certifications, industry certifications like OSHA or safe food handling. So they can leave high school and move into a job um, with, with some skill and training. And then the life skills part of that is helping students identify their emotions. One, one example is helping them identify their emotions, know how to cope, problem solve, conflict resolution. These are all skills that will serve right. them for the rest of their lives. And I know a few adults who could use some refinement of those skills. So maybe right. if they learn in high school, they'd be better off right now. So we feel, we feel strongly it should be part of that education experience. Exactly. You know, you know, everyone's kind of pushed now to kind of, you know, go to college, um, you know, incur all that debt. But, you know, in a lot of cases that I guess wouldn't be necessary if, you know, they had proper life skills, you know, taught uh, then in high school so that people could get jobs. Is that, is that right? That's right. That's exactly right. And we're seeing, this is crazy, but we're hearing stories about kids on TikTok, you know, these little entrepreneurs who are like, why am I, why am I in high school right now? When I can make, I'm already making, you know, $50,000 doing TikToks, you right. know? So we have to give them a, a value and a reason, give them the skills that will serve them beyond high school and make them understand and reinforce how important an education is. I mean, we know how important it is, but are you going to convince a, a little gamer who's playing video games and making all kinds of money, you know, that you right. see the value of an education to sustain a long and fruitful life and and so yeah definitely we we um we're cognizant of that for sure you know i guess it's interesting i guess some of this is already happening right some you know they have charter schools or different types of schools here especially in sacramento which may, maybe has a more of an arts focus or more mm -hmm. of a you know science math focus uh, is that kind of what you're talking about is just maybe maybe having a a school that's a little focused a little differently to kind of incorporate these three elements well not necessarily i mean uh, we are a kind of agnostic when it comes to this type of school. Mm -hmm. But for instance, in a school, a traditional school where there's 35 students, um, first, that's really hard to burden a, a teacher to teach 35 students the same way and keep them all engaged. I mean, that's no matter how great the teacher, um, that is a, a hard task because at least five or so are not with it. But there are ways in that classroom to include personalized learning time as part of the day so that the students who need that one-on-one -on -one, who thrive and need that one-on-one -on -one help can get more of it while other students who are more advanced or independent can can study on their own so there's ways to integrate more personalized learning into the school day that falls off once you get to the high school level which we think is still very important um, so so it's it doesn't matter what kind of school it is. It's just ideas to integrate more of these principles into that classroom. 
I guess kind of, I guess that's kind of what, what you're saying is right now, you know, it's basically a one size fits all approach, right? You know, this is what you're mm -hmm. learning. Uh, and we're all going to, we're going to teach it to you all the same way. And kind of, I guess what, what you're kind of, uh, proposing is kind of, you know, I guess kind of customizing it to each individual student in some form. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So I've heard this quote a lot that, um, students don't, uh, students don't learn the same way, so we shouldn't be teaching them the same way. And that's that's just the idea. An advanced student is going to be bored in a classroom with 30 other kids if they are super at math, you know, but maybe they need more help in English. You know, if you personalize and allow them to advance, progress in their grade level and um, in their credits based on their competency and mastery of the subject level, that's that's a uh, uh, motivating and rewarding. I mean, that that is pace to the students' own talents and skills. And that makes total sense. I mean, why why hold a student back or why drag a student along? You know, mm -hmm. let's let's focus on what they specifically need, which by the way, is not only in in the actual classroom where the, the needs don't only derive from the, the schoolwork. There are needs outside. They may have challenges outside that impede their ability to be able to learn. So that's where that trauma-informed um, understanding comes in. One example that we've seen recently is our students are going back now, luckily, thankfully, going back in, in class and they're struggling. Some are struggling to be alongside 30 and 35 other kids to be on a rigid schedule again. So their uh, teachers are kind of having to deal with behavioral outbursts or, or issues in the classroom. Right. And rather than treat those as discipline cases, we advocate for teaching the life skills. Because by the way, that's also an equity issue. When we suspend students, we know that more, uh, more black students, more students of color, more students from low-income households are suspended at higher rates um, than others. So that's another equity issue. So these are just principles that we are um, that we are advocating for to raise awareness about, to raise understanding. And uh, we know that there are districts here and there that are in, in implementing these different measures. I know um, one of the big school districts in California is looking at mastery-based um, assessment and advancement. You know, I mean, it's going to take a while for them to get it together and, and do it, but they are already exploring these ideas. It's just not across the board. And that's what we're trying to do is just promote it and, and raise awareness of the ideas. Yeah. And I, I guess to, to implement some of these ideas, you know, is it in your mind, you know, require additional staffing, uh, technology or kind of, you know, I guess how, how would you just implement these? Technology is definitely a part of it. Training, staff training, support for the staff as well. You know, we uh, expect a lot out of our teachers and they, especially after this pandemic, have done an amazing job. They're, I mean, amazing. And, but we know that they want to see things come back differently. They want to see a more, they, we've heard over and over again, how they want to see a more personalized approach to their students because then they feel, um, they, they feel like they can make an impact and, and change, um, at this at student level. So technology being a part of it, making sure that every student has a laptop. Um, you know, the federal government, we should be ensuring that every household in America with school-aged kids has free Wi-Fi. I mean, that should just be a part of, that should just be a part of being a, a student in this country, at right. least, or in California. 
because how can they learn and um, how can they have access to all the tools and resources that you and I regularly have access to, you know, not just on our phones, but at home on a computer and a, mach a machine that they can do real schoolwork. All right. And I, I, I guess, you know, with, with everything, you know, how schools work, it's, it's always the question of, you know, the budget and funding kind of, kind of what are your thoughts or ideas? And, you know, have you started approaching people kind of looking in how to implement and kind of, I guess, how to pay for some of this? So we know that uh, there are bills, funding bills, and, and rules are changing all the time about how we fund certain schools and, um, and learning models. Um, I know that a lot of district schools are implementing independent study programs um, right now because they need to offer alternatives to students who aren't comfortable going back into the classroom or for families who have specific needs that um, necessitate that. So the funding is not just seat-based funding. I mean, there are a lot of ways to fund. So um, there's definitely ways to do this um, that that makes sense, you know, on both sides, on, on, you know, whether you're on whichever side of the aisle that you're on. Right. And I guess in, in many ways, maybe, you know, a lot of these ideas could save money. Is that is that right? Absolutely. I mean, if you think about the economic impact of recovering a dropout, um, you know, they are less likely to burden public services and public health costs. Um, it's just like any, you know, any idea that's that, you know, when the when the tide goes up, all the boats in the harbor rise. It's that right. same idea. So investing in a student um, and in their education that that they see it through to completion with skills that will support their future. Um, the ec economic value of that is is um, exponential. And when you compare that to the lost tax revenue, if they're not working or contributing, and then the just the, the community value of a, of a high school graduate is that they're more engaged. They care more about what's happening in their local community. They're more, um, they vote more, they volunteer more. I mean, that's, you know, think about the value of that too. So, um, you know, I, it's kind of a no brainer, I think, but maybe um, it's not as clear to, to people, you know, we take for granted that everyday people just understand the value of education. It's kind of like this thing that we should all know already, but um, I think it makes sense for us to remind people. And after this last, you know, these past couple of years, education is at the top of all of our minds. And um, in our poll, we saw that parents, it was the number two um, top concern among parents. Um, and the first one was ec the economy and number two was education. So right. it is, um, it's, it's on our, it's on their minds and it's, you know, it's very important. So that's why that's our focus. You know, it's funny, you're talking about how, how popular things are and, you know, therefore you think, you know, they might, might be willing to change, but you know, the system is, is so embedded and, and, you know, it, it it's so big. Um, you know, it's kind of like, wh where, where do you start? Right. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's very interesting and, and glad you guys are, are taking this on. If some of our listeners want to learn more about good for you, how, how can we find out, uh, you know, more about your organization and kind of how they can get involved? We are actively recruiting more coalition members. We, uh, the pandemic has shown us how tough it is to go door to door and really talk to people right now. So, um, we are, um, actively recruiting more people to join the coalition. If these are ideas that you care about. 
please visit gogoodforyou.com. That's um, go good, the number four, the letter u.com. And you can read more. We have tons of articles on there. We're always, um, there's a lot of people out there um, saying these same things. And these are these ideas are being implemented here and there all over California and the, the rest of the country. So you can see more about that. We have some great student stories about students who found personalized learning programs and how that impacted their lives. And um, and there's a join us page where you can join the coalition and um, and just be a part of this where we will we, we plan to do another poll um, next year. Um, so I hope I can come back and talk to you about that when the time is right. And um, and we're always putting out content and ideas and tips um, for parents and for educators to implement these ideas. So if you're interested in those resources, please go to the website. And our social media too. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter and all of those guys. I think we might even have a TikTok. <laughs> Do we need a TikTok? <laughs> We're gonna get a TikTok, aren't we, fellas? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that sounds awesome. Can't wait to check that out and learn some more and uh, just follow up with you next year to see those those new poll results. But uh, thank you so much for joining us, Roxana. I hope you have a great day. Thank you. It's my pleasure.